Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, Episode 4. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. And I guess today is all about, like every other episode, is exploring this whole world of business storytelling. And each episode, what we try to do is to share a business story and then explain or, or explore why it works or doesn't. Yeah. And uh, some of the business scenarios where that story might be useful. Fantastic. Yeah. And so, you know, it helps people build up their repertoire of stories. We want people to have a bunch of stories in their back pocket so that they're ready to go whenever they need them. Absolutely. So today's story, Mark, you're you're taking off today's story, aren't you? Yeah. So in the last episode, we started off by just explaining what a story bank is and why it might be helpful. Yep. And in the course of that conversation, it reminded me of a story that I'd collected in 2009 right. and used quite a bit for a couple of years. But then for years, I didn't use the story, even though it's a really cool story. It wasn't until last year when you mentioned we were having a conversation, you said, what about that bathroom story? Then I went, Yes, and I looked at it and it was not in my story bank. So this is the bathroom story that is now in my story bank that we've used a few times. So this was 2009 and I was coaching a senior government executive called Steve and I walked into his office for a coaching session and there was a big uh, mind map on his, on his whiteboard. Top right hand corner was the number one and bathroom story. So I looked up and I went, come on Steve. What's that one? He said, well, I'm getting my leaders from across Australia together because we've got a huge culture change that we have to make. And I'm going to use this story to start it off. And you know, what happened was that my wife and I have lived in the same house for many years. And over time, we've renovated that house to the point that it's perfect for us. We, we really love it. But the main, the master bathroom, we could never figure out a design that we really liked. And so for years, it's kind of languished. Last year, we found a designer. They came up with a plan for the new master bathroom and we loved it. So we engaged a builder and started the renovation. I had to go overseas before it was finished and came back on the Friday night that the builders had promised us that it would be done. And so I was kind of excited. And I came in the door and my wife greeted me at the front door and she led me down the corridor and she threw open the door of the bathroom and I walked into our bathroom, the brand new bathroom, and I looked up at the top right-hand corner and there was some grouting that wasn't finished. And I went... What is going on? What the the grout? What's going on there? Well, my wife grabbed me by the ear, literally, dragged me down the corridor, dragged me back to the front door, opened the door, pushed me outside, and said, "Let's try that again, shall we?" <laughs> <laughs> so we walked back down the uh, corridor into the bathroom. She threw open the door, and I looked in at the most magnificent bathroom that was exactly as we'd planned and exactly as I'd imagined. It was beautiful. So I said, "And the grout." And she said, yep, the builders knew it had to be perfect for you. So it was too wet to finish the grouting today. They're coming back tomorrow morning. It'll take them half an hour. Those final touches. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. And a little while later, we were sitting on the couch having a glass of wine. And my wife was, she was a bit quiet. And she just looked at me and she said, you don't do that at work, do you? And I realized that I did. That I, I was looking at the grouting rather than the bathroom. And somebody would work all weekend putting a paper together and the first thing I'd do on Monday morning when I got in, I'd grab my red pen. I'd literally, I'd pick up my red pen and start fixing it. Wow. I was totally focused on the grout. I didn't look at the bathroom. And that was a major lesson for me. And I want everyone in my organization to understand that. I love that story. I guess that's a nice story. I just, you know, think about what makes that work. Right? Yeah. The things that jump out for me. First of all, it's super visual, right? I could see that hallway. I could see her grabbing by the ear and pulling him back to the front door. I could see him looking in that bathroom and seeing the grout problem and just, you know, going for that. Super visual, right? I think that's... It's a hallmark of great stories. Yeah. Right? Stories that are, are super visual. 
What jumps out for you? What do you think is in there that really makes that story work? Well, I think the fact that the wife's prompting led him to that realisation. Yeah. An just a very simple thing. And the other thing is that that story is about just a little thing that happened on a Friday night. Yes, that's right. In fact, it sort of says to me that, you know, there's a whole bunch of things you could tell stories about. But if you can pick stories that people have that experience, how many people have had experiences of bathroom renovations and things like that? And so immediately it becomes, they become connected. Yeah, relatable. It's relatable, right? Whereas you compare that, I remember years ago uh, reading the story of Julian Orr was this uh, fabulous ethnographer and he did a study of uh, photocopy repairmen and how they worked out how to repair big, big photocopies. We were talking back in the 70s and when they were massive machines and it's all about stories. But the sort of stories they would tell were things like, oh, Jim, I was over at um, you know this particular client site and I got an E30 and... Uh, I thought, oh, I need 30. So I rewound the system and I put a few reams through and and then it came out with a T22. Well, you know, a T22, you know, needs a diode change. And anyway, it's that type of story, which only makes sense to another photocopy repairman, right? Whereas that story is sort of a universe, more of a universal story. Right? Yeah, because one of the things that people judge your stories by is relevance. And, yeah. and so, yeah, the T20, uh, you know, X37 uh, story, <laughs> it's not relevant to many people. Um, no. But yeah, I mean, going home on a Friday night and... Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I, I like the fact too that it sort of has different points in that story in the sense that you tell the first part where he makes the obvious mistake right and he gets to rediscover that and that could be the end of the story right but what really makes it powerful is when the wife is then reflecting on his behavior and just asks a simple question you know do you do that at work and that's where the big penny drops for him yep right that's where ka-chunk you know he goes oh my god i do and without his wife's prompting, that moment might have passed without notice. And it's about the importance of the point of reflection. It's not the moment of action where the learning occurs, it's the moment of reflection. Yeah. And his wife was the one who prompted that, that moment of reflection. So such a useful story, and we'll talk about how we've used it. But it would have been lost if his wife hadn't made the observation. Yeah. There's another element too that, and again, I think this is when you know you've got a good story, right? And that's when you can use the language in the story as a metaphor for things that are going on. Oh, I saw the grout, not the bathroom. Yep. And then people in the conversation at work are saying, you just, you just seen the grout, yeah. right? you just seen the grout. Look at the bathroom. Absolutely. Right? It's just you know, a metaphor shorthand yep. of, for meaning. For, and for that story. So you, know, yep. so you don't have to say it. And this actually happens when you have a really powerful story in an organization. They don't ever have to tell the whole story. Oh, don't have, do a Pedro. Yeah, yeah, don't do a Pedro. And everyone knows the Pedro story. And, uh, you know, so yep. it's that type of thing. But I think that's another lovely element of, of that story. When would we use this? When were the great places to use it? Well, I've used it. I've started presentations where I've got a very doubting audience. Yeah. And I'm concerned that they're going to nitpick. Yes. And just tell that story. And I go, so today, yeah, lots of opportunity for us to focus on the... You can choose to focus on the grout. Or we can look at the bathroom. Yeah. And I've used it once where I was at a sort of big you know, merchant bank sort of business. And I had these people doing a review of a project. And they were spiraling. You know, they were spiraling into that grout, right? <laughs> and and I said, hey, guys, I, just before we go any further, I just want to share something with you. It might just give us a different perspective. And I shared that story. It was so interesting, you know, the quick change. And I didn't have to tell them. 
you know, what it meant or anything like that. I just told the story. And actually, if I remember correctly, it, it didn't come up as out of the blue as it might sound like that. I think someone mentioned, someone at the beginning of the conversation, someone mentioned that they were doing a renovation, you know, and I, somehow it was linked to that. Right. So it seemed a little bit more natural than just... Because <laughs> you know, it would feel a bit weird if you just plonked a bathroom story in the middle of a, a business conversation. Perhaps. Although the way you, you positioned it when you said that you, how you'd used it, yeah. uh, that made sense. Folks, yes. let's just take a breather for a minute. Yeah. Just want to give you a different way of thinking about this. Yes, yeah. Again, you know, talking about banks, I was chatting to uh, some bankers. Actually, I was teaching a group and this one lady sort of looked at me and she went, oh my God my boss is a storyteller. Like she hadn't recognized it. Right? <laughs> and she then told me about another renovation story where her boss stood up and sort of said, Hey, you know, you all know I'm doing the big kitchen renovation at the moment. And uh, anyway, my husband and I get together with my son, we look at the budget and we realize we can't afford what we wanted. And so that was all about, you know, essentially peering back. And she used that then as a sort of a, an analogy for what they had to do with that organization because they were asked to pair back. And again, you know, you have to be careful exactly where you use those sort of stories. But this lady had obviously that rapport with her, her division that she was able to tell. Everyone seemed to know about. She was obviously a very extroverted sort of person. And so when she told the story and, and linked it to what was needed in the business, instead of fighting it, they were sort of going, okay, so how do we do it? It was like a very positive, like, what's the next steps? Well, and that's the thing I like about that bathroom story is that there's so many circumstances where people naturally take the negative. I mean, that's what humans do for the survival of the species. It's safer to assume the worst. Yeah. Right, because you avoid danger. So lots of situations where people will look at the negative first. So that story has got a lot of versatility. And so if you're with a group, as you like the group that you described, uh, if they're spiraling down into the pool of negativity, the pond of negativity, mm -hmm. you've got two choices. One of them is to tell them, come on, folks, let's not be negative. And then you become a bit of a negative, you know, like it's a push strategy and people will resist you. Yes. What a lovely, positive way to get them to reframe their thinking. Yeah. Just using the story. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. So is there anything else we can um, pull out in terms of business points out of that story? Is there something there about having that time to have conversations uh, or... Well, if you wanted people to sit down and reflect after events, you could tell that story and then go, here's an example where he could have easily just missed that entirely. Yeah. But it was at that point of reflection. So you could do it there. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's got that's nicely covered some of the uh, mm. the key applications. And I just love the fact that it's a tiny little vent. Yeah. No saga, but has potentially a big impact. Yeah. So we like to finish these episodes with a bit of a rating. How, I mean, given, you know, the pantheon of stories that you uh, have in your back pocket, how would you rate the bathroom story? Well, I'm going to give the bathroom story, I'll go eight. You know, I was thinking eight. I was even thinking nine, but I'm going to go eight and a half. Eight and a half. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very useful and good story to tell well guys that's the end of our episode today i guess again i'd, I'd just encourage you actually you know what i'd really love to see if they saw other uses for these stories if, if they can go into the comment section of you know where all our episodes are described on our website they could just yeah give us some feedback on it because i think that would be really useful and uh, and also please now throw in any questions you have there might have been something that popped into your mind you think yeah i'd really love to hear from mark and sean and we'll cover that on a future episode but we'd love to get you to go to iTunes. I know I keep saying that, but please go to iTunes and leave a comment, leave a rating. That just, you know, helps the work to, to be spread. But let's just think about it, guys. This is now up to you. 
it's so important now that you go and find these great stories and put them to work. That's how you make a difference. Till next time. Thank you.